1: What's up, everybody? Roz here. We are super excited to bring you another edition of The Opening Line, episode 29. Here, if you're ready to hear our NCAA picks, check out the show. Thank you, Believe Network, and here we go. What's up, what's up, everybody? This is the opening line with your host, and Roz. We are back. Another beautiful week. A little bit later, we're recording here on a Tuesday night. And for the first time in a while, without a guest... But we've had a dope stretch of that recently. I would say Joy Wave was awesome to have on. Daniel Armbruster, the vocalist. We've had Katie O'Brien. Am I saying that name right? I don't want to mess this up. Oh, yeah, uh, at right. she, was, she was fantastic as well. And we're supposed to have a surprise guest potentially at the end of the week, if not early next week, for our 30th episode. We're already at 29, Xander. This is uh, pretty impressive. We're, uh, we're
0: making our way on the Believe Network. Yeah, and week by week, just coming to you live uh, every week and very excited. we got to finish up our uh, fantasy football talk for this week. Drafts are right around the corner um, and also college football. I mean, another big slate this year predicted. Um, so yeah, this is going to be a fun one.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. We're going to break down the five major conferences in college football and give you our picks. Who's going to be the champions out of each of those as well as pick our eventual national champion and We're probably going to be very much on the same page in terms of Clemson and Alabama moving forward. But, Wits, before we finish off with the tight ends, which I actually have an interesting hot take on when we get to it, we have to talk about the luck. And this is what I'm talking about. There's a lot of bad luck in the world. And we we talked about Andrew Luck being potentially a star quarterback this year, as well as T.Y. Hilton benefiting from that. Uh... Hurts, high ankle, is going to miss the rest of the preseason. And once again, an injury that isn't being classified. And like we know, in years past, he went 15 months without playing. How you feel about Andrew Luck? I feel like every time we give this guy a chance, we have to retract all of our statements
0: and have to hop off the bandwagon. Um, I think I got to stay high on Andrew Luck. Wow. I mean, yeah, I can't see him missing another year like the debacle we had from a couple of years ago. Uh, so I know the injury concerns are there, um, but he's a he's a guy that in a certain round I would definitely be comfortable taking. And you know what, like I said, our league one quarterback league, not as important on the quarterback side of things. Uh, and I'm not I'm not reaching up to take a, a top guy anyways. Um, so I think I think he'll play play a solid year. Preseason doesn't mean much. I know that he missed it and then 15 months uh, a couple years ago, but I'm still high on him. I think he's going to have a breakout year again.
1: I got to tell you, the fact that even week one's in jeopardy again, I can't believe you're being that light. I don't know if you've heard. It went from being a calf to a bone injury to a high ankle injury. I i know you've been busy. We're moving offices. You got a lot of financial advising to get to. But Luck, I don't know. I think Luck's running out for him. And I don't know about his NFL tenure anymore.
0: Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, like I said, I think preseason is... You know, it is what it is. It's not a big deal uh, for a lot of these big-time players. And I, I know that he's hurt, um, but I've got faith this year. I'm not wow. going to write him off, and I think he should be counting. wits wits. Yeah, I'm preaching the good word, Andrew Luck.
1: All right, well, while we're on the topic of a couple more players, Antonio Brown, I think me and you can agree on this. A little bit ridiculous. I know he's back at camp today, but this helmet situation, it's just like I, I think the Steelers made out like bandits getting rid of him i think he's going to be a head case for the rest of time and personally for me he is one of the bigger fantasy risks all season coming up so i'm not touching him with a 10-foot pole maybe you are reverend wits and really preaching and having faith in everybody today but antonio brown really not uh, is inspiring to me in terms of this upcoming season
0: yeah, not, not doing himself any favors on a new team. And like you said, the Steelers are probably sitting there uh, having a nice little chuckle. Um, they got rid of seems like the biggest drama queen in the league. But, you know, after all that being said, Antonio Brown has been the best fantasy-wide receiver, I think, this past decade. Um, so I wouldn't write him off. I know that we had some foot problems. We had the helmet issue. But I think when all the dust settles, I think he will be on the field. Cause I think I do think he loves loves the game um has a weird way of showing it sometimes But Antonio Brown I think is a guy who's going to slip in a lot of drafts and everybody's got a price everybody's got a round that they're going to take him in so whether that's the second third fifth seventh round um I think he'll he'll make or break a lot of fantasy seasons and I have a a feeling that he's going to have a big year so I have a
1: question for you I'm going to give you three names you're going to tell me about their legacy and where you rate them in order Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Antonio Brown. At the end of the day, when the Hall of Fame ballots come out and we talk the greatest football players of all time, rank those three. And I, I'm totally fine with you saying Tom won because I think Tom is number one.
0: <laughs> I mean, the, the fact that you let me say that I could rank Tom number one is very nice of you. But Well, you know how I feel about Aaron. I mean, Tom Brady is probably the best football player of all time. Okay. Stats even, th-
1: you're helping me here.
0: Okay, I mean it, it's a Who's weird, two? it's a weird comparison.
1: Who's two, Antonio Brown or Rodgers, legacy
0: wise? Legacy wise, um, I mean, I think it's tough to compare quarterback to receiver. I mean, I'm just quarterback- saying, at the end
1: of the day, when you're talking about players, the greatest players of all time. I mean, we talk about Montana, we talk about Jerry Rice, we talk about all these great players. I want to know, in 20 years, who you're going
0: to talk about more, Antonio Brown or Aaron Rodgers? I think you're probably going to talk about Rodgers more just because he's a quarterback. But that okay. I mean, your your argument is it's just it's apples to oranges. No, no, right. no. This that's not even the argument I'm trying to
1: make here. What well, I'm what saying I'm our- and they, hey, what this is, I'm just getting to, it. I just wanted to hear that you say that Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. And I wanted to hear, or wanted to hear you say that Aaron Rodgers is over Antonio Brown because both of those men had to change their helmets as well, without a complaint, without threatening not to play, as well as 2000 other NFL players who do not complain. I think Antonio Brown, what he's doing is one of the biggest crimes in sports that along with Ezekiel Elliott and Melvin Gordon, along with the Le'Veon Bell of last year. Play the game. You're getting paid thirty million dollars in guaranteed money. I understand. I've been a player's guy forever. But if you're gonna break it down to a helmet, like, come on! Not only do we have the technology and the money to make a helmet that will replicate that that you had, but make it safer. Like, chill out. This new team just invested so much into you, and you're gonna go out there and say, "Ah, I might retire unless I get my helmet back." It's ridiculous. This guy, not touching with a ten-foot pole. You might as well draft him in the fifteenth round because that's the value he's gonna bring to your fantasy team.
0: I mean, your argument about the legacy, I think, is just so stupid. I wasn't I mean, arguing
1: legacy. I'm just
0: telling you. Yeah, like, obviously and yeah. Antonio
1: Brown of all people needs to just sit down, shut up, and play the game.
0: Yeah, I'm not I'm not yeah. disagreeing with that, but you're you're making me try to rank him between him and Rogers legacy wise. I mean, looking at some of his stats second most receptions in his first nine seasons in I'm NFL. I'm not
1: concerned about the legacy. I'm talking second about the three
0: fewest game, second fewest games to reach eleven thousand receiving yards. He's been the most productive receiver in the NFL since two thousand eleven. So I mean I guess this 20 conversation years wasn't about now. legacy. The conversation was well, that
1: you, you three people, about three people who had to change their helmets, two of which who have better legacies than Antonio Brown didn't even care just switched it up. They're a little disappointed, but they have new helmets and they're going to play the game. They never would have threatened to retire. And I think I'm harping on your point being like, he loves the game of football. If you really love the game of football, you'd play. You'd show up to meetings, which he didn't in Pittsburgh. You'd show up after week 17, which he didn't in Pittsburgh. You wouldn't just abandon your team like that, forcing a trade to Oakland. You wouldn't mess up. I mean, come on. Like frostbite, Come, on. every player can go into a cryo chamber and not get frostbite. And then lastly... A helmet's gonna get you to retire. That's not loving the game. If Jerry Rice ever did that, Randy Moss, who was a diva in his own right, never would have done that. I'm just, I'm calling them out. Spade to Spade, Antonio has Brown. He just, has, he, has he missed any games with the Raiders yet? Uh, not yet, but who knows? This is what I'm saying. Week just, three, week just, three, he could a, stub his toe chasing his dog around just, the house. It was just a question. Just wanted to know. We're gonna move on. Tell me quickly: Ezekiel Elliott, Melvin Gordon, are they playing Week One? Yes. Okay, I like that. I'm a little nervous still. I, I'm very much on Le'Veon Bell has scarred me. I didn't even draft him. I mean, McElada might nev- never be able to have a good draft again, but I'm, I'm nervous. Uh, tight ends. Let's talk about them because I don't think you're going to agree with my next statement because we haven't been agreeing all day today so far. Uh, tight ends, make or break position, but let me explain why. Because it's not the make or break for everybody. Because once you get past the four tight ends, which is like Zach Ertz, George Kittle, Uh, Travis Kelsey was Gronkowski. Once you get past him, then it's really just a plug and chug. You got to find a tight end that either is a sleeper and it's going to be awesome like Kittle last year or you just got to deal with a guy that can get you 10 to 13 points a week, at least make you competitive. Where I say make or break is the people like Jared Rubin who jumped up on Rob Gronkowski. We saw him trade him to you last year in our fantasy league. Or the people who jump jump up on Zach Ertz or Travis Kelsey. Now, why I say make or break is because I've seen people take them as early as the second round and to waste that value on a player in the second round could be detrimental to your team, especially with an injury or just the lack of production because tight ends are kind of sporadic here or there. I mean, not everybody can be Antonio Gates of the early decade for our fantasy football play, fo- fantasy football playing careers. Um, where it's a make though is like you have the years like Gronk or you have the years like Zach Ertz who set the record for most receptions by a tight end. That's a make. Do you agree or disagree? Am I valuing the tight end a little too much, or am I kind of right on point?
0: Um, I don't think you're right on point because, you know, those, those top three tight ends were top 15 receivers in terms of points last year. So if you're going to complain about somebody taking, you know, Travis Kelsey in the second round when he was the eighth best receiver points-wise in the league last year, including tight ends and wide receivers. But what was it you know, point-wise I- in
1: fantasy football? That's where it's – isn't that more valuable? Think about all the running backs.
0: What other points points am I talking about? Running backs. You didn't ask – you didn't put up how many running backs were ahead of him, quarterbacks that were ahead of him. Right, but you'd have no problem taking a guy like Michael Thomas in the second round. Meanwhile, him and Travis Kelsey had the same stats last year. Hmm. So –
1: all right, there let's rank them. Give me, give me your top five tight ends. Tell me the value, where they're going, and we'll go from there. You're you're the guy today. I will go off of your rankings and tell you what I think.
0: Okay, well, I, I think uh, number one to me is pretty obvious. Travis Kelsey, far and away uh, the most dominant tight end in football right now. Number two, guy that you brought up, I think Zach Ertz. Um, this is a guy who has really come into his own the past few years. He's a dominant pass catcher. And the thing I love about him, he, he's always seems to be in the game plan, rarely has a game where he just, you know, doesn't really show up. So I like the productivity there. Number three for me is where it gets a little dicey. Um, but I think with the health of the quarterback on the 49ers, I think George Kittle is, you know, a lot to have another great year. I mean, he did have almost 1,400 receiving yards last year. So those top three, I think, are far and away my tier one guys, you know, the rest of the list. I think you're, like you said, you're not necessarily locked into anything. And number four, guy who missed the entire 2018 regular season, I'm going with Hunter Henry. Um, You know, Henry was very productive his first two seasons, and I know he missed all of last year. But, you know, with Antonio Gates, you know, retired now, there's got to be a guy on the Chargers who Phillip Rivers looks to in those similar situations. So I think Hunter Henry, if he's healthy, is going to have a big year and he's going to be I think maybe the biggest red zone threat in the league and then number 5 I'm looking at Evan Ingram. This is another guy who you know, I'm I'm not so sure about, but you know, looking on a per game basis, scored the fourth most points per game as a rookie in 2017 and the seventh most in 2018. So returning from injury, Odell Beckham is off the team, you know, they're going to have to throw the ball somewhere, so whether that's from Eli Manning or Daniel Jones I think Evan Ingram is going to get a lot of opportunities this year, so that's uh, that's my top five for right now.
1: Yeah, I like that top five. I think when I'm looking at the list this year, I'm looking at so much potential. I think the tight end position this year could boom, could be an exciting position to have on your fantasy team. I agree. I think Travis Kelsey is going to be the number one by far and away this year, without a doubt. Just my, my early vibes about it, the stuff with Tariq Hill always up in the air, Travis Kelsey is the one constant in that receiving core. I mean, they've got a lot of speedsters, so they're going to spread the field, and Travis Kelsey will forever be that security blanket. I love him at number one. Even love him so much that if he was sitting there in the third round, which I don't think he will be, I would consider taking a flyer on him. Zach Ertz is a reception machine. If you play in a PPR league, you could argue that he's number one. Uh, It's unbelievable how many times Carson Wentz dashed Nick Foles was able to get him the ball. George Kittle, surprising stats last year. Super amazing. And he gets Jimmy G back, so a better quarterback than he was playing with for most of the season last year. I agree with your top three. George Kittle, obviously, we saw a good year, so hopefully we can see more than one good year. You do have that with Ertz and Kels. Um, Four, five, six, like you said, I love the Hunter Henry one there. I've loved Hunter Henry for like three years, but he cannot stay on the field. But if he is on the field... We, I just mentioned the Antonio Gates thing, how great he was for Phillip Rivers. Hunter Henry can slide in there, be just as versatile as Antonio Gates. I really like that pick. I like the four spot for him there. My five, interesting enough, Jared Cook. I think I could put him in there as a five or as a sleeper for any of your drafts. Honestly, Jared Cook, this might not be a relevant step but I just want to throw that out there in the universe outperformed Jimmy Graham in both of their single seasons with the Green Bay Packers playing with Aaron Rodgers. You'd assume that both of them would have great seasons. Jimmy Graham's was kind of a flop. Jared Cook's I'd of mediocre for a tight end, but he did outperform Jimmy Graham. Who's one of the best tight ends. I believe in this league, maybe not so much anymore, but was at one point Jared Cook with Drew Brees, I mean, you saw what he was able to do with Benjamin Watson. You've seen him with Jimmy Graham as a whole. I think Jared Cook is going to be surprised to many people this year, and that's why I have him at five. I think he's going to be very valuable. That's your quarterback with Drew Brees, so I could see you taking both Brees and Cook potentially when I look at a wits draft. But again, lots of star potential on here. I mean, David Njoku at 13 all the way down there. TJ Hawkinson, who was the hot commodity in the draft 15, and Jimmy Graham has sworn that he will have an amazing year in Green Bay. And you know me, I'm a, I'm a sucker for a good Packer. And if Jimmy Graham's going to have an awesome year, I'd love to have him on my fantasy team. But a lot of potential. I know Eric Ebron, I didn't even mention. Mark Andrews showed a lot of potential at the end of the year with the Baltimore Ravens last year. And then, of course, Vance McDonald, like you said, somebody's got to get the ball in Pittsburgh, and it can't always be Juju. So who's not to say that Vance McDonald keeps trucking people down the field? That would be my take on tight ends. Yeah,
0: and I think you've got just a lot of like old veterans who either coming off injury or haven't been that successful the past couple of years. You know, I'm looking at a guy like Delaney Walker, only played one game last year, but had 100 targets and at least 800 yards in every year from 2014 to 2017. Um, Jordan Reed, the uh, you know, if he only if he could stay healthy, he'd be the next Rob Gronkowski. That's another I guy. Say,
1: he's he's one of your kryptonites.
0: Yeah, uh, I think I'm staying away this year. Um, then you've also got Jimmy Graham, who, you know, seems like he's definitely not the same Jimmy Graham we saw in New Orleans. But, you know, if he caught 10 touchdowns this year, you know, I wouldn't be super surprised. Um, also, we've got Eric Ebron, who caught a league leading for tight ends 13 touchdowns last year. Got guys like Greg Olson, Kyle Rudolph. Um, so there, there is some talent at the tight end position. It just depends. You know, if you get one of the top three, I think you're set. Other than that, It could be a bit of a rocky year, but there is some value. I think definitely late in the draft, and you know I don't see myself taking two tight ends. I don't think I'll do it. But you know if I get a guy like Tyler Eifert in the last round, might take a flyer, even even though he's burned me. Going back to Tyler Eifert. Right, right, right. So yeah, you look at the tight end position. Only five guys scored over 100 points last year, Uh, so it's it's pretty scarce talent wise, but you never know new offense new guys new year somebody's going to surprise and finish in the top 5 that you know we didn't mention so we'll see how that goes i think my one main dark horse would be david and joku from the cleveland browns i know with the addition of odell Beckham, that's definitely going to take away some targets but you know who's to say that baker mayfield you know he could throw for 4000 yards and 30 35 touchdowns so if he increases the production joku could be one of the bigger red zone targets in the league
1: Completely agree. Again, I don't think having many targets on a team hurts. I think it can only help, and especially at the tight end position, because then they almost become this security blanket over the middle or on dump offs. Honestly, I do love Ninjoku there. He'll definitely be a red zone threat. He's a big, big body. I mean, he had one of the craziest runs I've ever seen into the end zone last year, where he just hurled his body over the goal line. Tight ends? They're interesting. I love that stat that you said only five scored over a hundred points in fantasy last year. It's just telling. Um, so if you hit on one of them, it's just such a bonus to your fantasy team and probably helps move you along in the playoffs. But I don't think we need to address kickers or defenses. Chicago's the number one defense and Justin Tucker's the number one kicker. If you can land them in round thirteen through fifteen, there's every honestly more about defense and kickers is. Just tell me a story where you've seen somebody draft them earlier than the last two rounds. Because I've got some crazy stories. I was in a fantasy league last year. Seventh round, somebody drafted the Jacksonville Jaguars defense. Tell me a crazier story.
0: Um, that is pretty crazy. I mean, I think I saw a couple of years ago in a league, I in, mean, a guy took the defense in the eighth, like, twelfth, and fourteenth round. I, I don't know what he was doing. Maybe uh, we were smoking a little bit too much marijuana over there. but It's legal
1: now, so I don't feel bad that we I don't have to bleep that out.
0: Yeah. Uh so nothing too crazy, but yeah, for me I'm a I'm a kicker defense last two rounds. Um but you never know. Maybe something happens this year. I see Justin Tucker in round thirteen. I might I might think twice. Wow,
1: look at you. Getting a little frisky. Wasn't there a guy who drafted back to back kickers in your league 14, 15, by the name uh, of Sam Lazar?
0: I think he was the same guy who drafted the three defenses, so that's a that's a great team. Know. Three
1: defenses and a kicker.
0: Yeah. So, think about how
1: much work he has to do on like on Sundays, slotting them in there. Like all oh, the pressure, which defense this week?
0: Yeah, that's that's uh, more options than you need. I think two might be pushing it a little bit, but um, yeah, we'll see. It'll be interesting. A lot of some people have very different thoughts on the kicker defenses where they want to take them, and I think you know a common theme that you see in a lot of drafts is once the first guy goes, they it just kind of falls like dominoes because nobody wants to miss out and be stuck with you know, that last defense or, you know, that mid-range kicker. So it'll be interesting to see this year, um, but I I don't think a kicker will get taken before round 10 in our draft or defense.
1: I would hope not, but there's uh, Thomas Gandolfi in our league, so you never know what might happen. Uh, That's fantasy for you. We're going to come right before our draft, probably do some mock draft style thing for you guys, do some last Matthew Barry covering of fantasy football, but we're getting close wits. Super, super close. I mean, hard knocks is in full effect. The preseason's already underway. The Packers won their first game. The Bears lost their first game. All things are very telling and good in the world of the NFL. But coming even faster than that is the NCAA football season. And it is coming in hot. And I'm excited. I am stoked off my wagon. I think. I, I am looking forward to, and I know people are tired of it, another Clemson-Alabama matchup. But with the playoffs, anything can happen, and it makes it more fun. Obviously, there's talks of, can we expand the playoffs to a couple more teams? I think that would make it a little bit more interesting. But with let's go through a couple initial thoughts on this upcoming season, and then we'll break down the conferences real quick and give you our national champion. But what's your early thoughts going into the 2019-2020 NCAA football season?
0: Well, my my early thoughts are that it's going to be really tough to take anybody but Alabama or Clemson. Um, you know, Alabama. I mean, they're just I think the biggest powerhouse in college football over the past decade. But I think over the past four years, I think you have to give that edge to Clemson. So for me, if you were going to say take Alabama or Clemson or take the rest of the field, I don't know. I think I'd have to go with those first two because they've just been so dominant the past few years in college football but there are some teams out there you know I'm looking at a team like the Georgia Bulldogs maybe the Oklahoma Sooners with the addition of Jalen Hurts that could definitely make some noise this year but my first thought is that there are two clear top teams in college football and that would be Alabama and Clemson right now
1: my thoughts are the quarterback as important of a position as that is hasn't always reigned supreme in college football I mean, we've seen some of these SEC teams with just non-effective quarterbacks, but this year alone, I think the quarterback matchups in the world are insane. I think Tua is the best quarterback they've had at Alabama and could be one of the best quarterbacks heading into the draft next year. Trevor Lawrence is arguably the best quarterback right now, kind of a Peyton Manning-esque player, a guy who will go 1-1 two years from now. Then you got Jake Fromm on his third act at Georgia, veteran status there, also pro potential. Makes it for a fun environment. They're 6-1 currently on winning the national title, whereas Alabama and Clemson are both 9-4. You got Michigan. I don't know a whole lot of what's going on up there. I just know Jim Harbaugh is still there. And as long as he's there, I don't think he gets past the Buckeyes. And then we got our guy, Fields, over in Ohio State, the young quarterback waiting for his opportunity, the number one-ranked recruit. I think that's going to be very interesting. I think it's going to be a very strong team. Chase Young on the defensive end. I think Ohio State's going to be, for me, my favorite coming out of the Big Ten. I know that's not saying much, although they are 14-1 to win, whereas Michigan's 12-1. to So Michigan, a little bit of an edge over them. Oklahoma, like you said, Jalen Hurts is really, really intriguing. And here's one for you, wits. I'm going to throw this out here because we've ripped this conference a lot. Pac-12. Or is it Pac-10 now? I don't even remember what they do. Pac-12, Pac-10, whatever we got now. Oregon, we're good. Justin Herbert, keep an eye out. Decided to come back for another season. Needs to up the ante. He's no Jake Locker or whoever else Washington's had at the quarterback hub that decided to stay instead of going pro, hurting their draft stock. Oregon, sneaky team on my book. Looking at them at 40-1. to Wouldn't count them out. There's a lot they'd have to overcome. Notre Dame also 50-1. to Just want to throw your team out there down low on the thing. But, Witt, let's open up with the Big Ten since we're Midwest boys. And uh, that, honestly, to me, is the best conference outside of the SEC, which is not saying much since they both beat on one another. Uh, what do you like about the Big Ten this year? Who are a couple of your favorites coming out of it? And who do you think is going to win the Big Ten championship, ultimately putting them in the playoffs?
0: Yeah, so I think, there, I think there's two clear top teams in the Big Ten right now. And I think that's you know, definitely Ohio State and Michigan. I've got to give a little bit of the edge to the Buckeyes right now. Um, you know, that new coach, I got a new quarterback. But, you know, this is still a very dynamic football team. Uh, Ryan Day running a show now in Columbus. Justin Fields, uh, very thin on college stats, but he was a five-star transfer from Georgia. So the guy definitely has the talent to play at this level. But I am going to take Michigan to wing, win the Big Ten this year. I think this is finally the year that Jim Harbaugh cracks the playoffs. And I think it's going to be pretty unprecedented because Michigan is a very strong team, but they have a brutal schedule. Um, You know, they a lot of tough road games. And I think the Big Ten has a lot of decent teams looking at Penn State, Michigan State, Wisconsin. It's not an easy conference to play in, but I think Michigan will win the Big Ten title and you know it'll be decided on that last game when Ohio State travels up to Michigan. So I think they're going to surge on offense this year and I don't see a letdown. Until the playoffs. I don't think they're going to win a playoff game, but I do like Michigan here in the Big Ten, and I think this is the year that Harbaugh gets over the hump.
1: Plus 190, you're taking Michigan at Ohio State's plus 175. Then, next closest is a tie between Michigan State and Nebraska at plus 1100. Wits, time for a hot take. Nebraska is going to win the Big Ten championship. Ne- no Big Ten team is going to make it to the playoffs this year. I'm calling it right now. They're going to beat on each other too much. You're going to get an Ohio State loss. To one of the Minnesota Marylands of the world. You're going to get a Michigan loss to Ohio State. Penn State's going to beat one of them, and Nebraska is going to sneak their way through on the softer side of the conference, winning their position into the Big Ten championship game, shocking the world. They're going to win the Big Ten plus 1100. Put your money on it. I think it's the best bet here in this conference, the best value, and the most likely case. I'm Roz Houdini. I'm letting you know right now, Nebraska takes the Big Ten Conference Championship. Big 12, I love that they have a championship game now. Another conference where it's not very close, but Texas, plus 380, Sam Ellinger, Ellen as I learned on ESPN, is their quarterback. Another year under his belt. I like the Texas-Oklahoma rivalry. I think it's going to make for something interesting. Again, Oklahoma minus 165, so just absolute clear favorites. I'm going to go with Oklahoma just because I think everybody else is so weak defensively still. And I think Jalen Hurts knows how to win and put up points in a fast fashion. Oklahoma's going to run away with the big 12 conference championship. How are you feeling?
0: Uh, I agree with you. I think Jalen Hurts is going to be a terrific addition for Oklahoma. I mean, obviously watching Kyler Murray last year was, was something special, but Jalen Hurts um, was pretty damn good at Alabama when he was playing as well. And this, this offense is absolutely stacked. When you look at CD Lamb, um, Kennedy Brooks, and Trey Sermon, who combined for over 2,000 yards and 25 touchdowns last year, they're both back. And I think Oklahoma. When you think about, you know, their their Achilles heel, it's the defense, and they've they've got so much room for improvement because their defense was atrocious at times last year. But I think the new coordinator Alex Grinch, um, he's a spectacular coach, and I think you know like we might see some rough stretches early when they try to figure it out. But I think they're going to be pretty comfortable sitting at the top of the Big 12 once the title game arrives. And I think this is a team that you know will probably make the playoffs as well.
1: I was going to say, Oklahoma is one of my four teams to make the playoffs. Like I said, taking a spot from the Big 10. You'll see where my other spots go. We've got the Pac-12. A very irrelevant conference these days. A lot of people with... Decent numbers. We got Utah actually is the favorite to win the Pac-12 at plus 260. Washington plus 280. Oregon plus 290. USC all the way down to plus 700. And my UCLA Bruins Bruins at plus 2500. Here I gave my. I already did this earlier. I'm taking Oregon. I think Justin Herbert's going to be the best quarterback in the league this year, other than uh, Trevor Lawrence. I just I don't think anybody's going to ever top him again in college football. But Oregon plus two ninety to win the Pac twelve. I think they're going to win it easily without a problem, and uh, I think they can fight for a playoff position.
0: I actually like the Washington Huskies to take home the Pac twelve this year. Um, you know, you're looking at Jacob Eason transferring from Georgia. I think this is going to be a really big upgrade. You look at you know how successful those Washington teams were with you know Jake Browning actually made the playoff a few years ago so i love washington they they got a great coach been there forever the name's escaping me but reputation is definitely there Um, and given the level of improvement this offense can make i think you know a decent defense while the back seven reloads uh, is very manageable and i think they're going to take home this title here um, as a team that not a lot of people are talking about right now
1: fair i I think the pac-12 always up for grab it's one of the grosser conferences in the power five and Seems like some people want them to fall out of the Power 5, but we'll see. I think Oregon's going to make some noise. ACC wits, I mean, there's just no one close. It's Clemson minus 430. Next closest is Virginia at plus 1,100 and Florida State at plus 1,300. Ah, there's some gross numbers here, and I think it's just there's no value when it comes to this conference, and you have to choose Clemson. Is there a team that can shock them, though, this year, I guess? Because I think me and you were both picking Clemson Not only to win the ACC, but to go to the playoffs. Is there a Syracuse upset like we've seen in years past?
0: Oof, that's tough. Syracuse has always given uh, Clemson a great game the past couple of years. I think the one team that has a a very outside shot of maybe winning the conference is Miami right now. You know, if they find a reliable quarterback, um, I think Manny Diaz can turn this team into a contender. You know, they wasted brilliant defense last season. I think they, you know, should have finished in the top 15. Um, they did have a top 15 defense looking at the national rankings. So, you know what? Maybe Syracuse upsets Clemson, Miami, you know, finds some magic at quarterback. Maybe that could be a great game down the road, but you know, minus four thirty. I mean, those are ridiculous odds for one team to win a conference, but that's how good Clemson is and how dominant they've been and returning, you know, probably the best quarterback in college football, along with just, bunch of other great players very tough to see anybody but Clemson taking home the ACC and they just there's just really not a lot of competition right now
1: hey if Tate Martell says he's as good as he is and that they shouldn't have passed on him for Justin Fields at Ohio State you might have a case here for Miami coming from the Big Ten this guy could be the real deal Shock some people there at Miami kind of like the pick there I've got them at plus 1500 on this website but I, I, I like that I think we could see an upset down the line and I think that's the best quarterback they've had in a minute, and uh, Miami can make some noise. I like that you did that. SEC time. Honestly, for me, a lot goes on here. I know Alabama's minus 165. Georgia's plus 300 right behind them, and then the next is LSU plus 900. I am obviously going to go with Alabama because I have traditionally and always picked Alabama until I've been proven wrong, and I always get proven wrong in the championship game. But I pick Alabama against the field every year with my friend Alex Husted. And uh, I'm going to do it again. Alabama minus 165 to win this conference. But I think Georgia's coming with them out of this conference into the playoffs. Do you have a new champion on the throne of the SEC?
0: I do not. Uh, Unfortunately, I have to agree with you here. I'd like Alabama to win the SEC again. Uh, Georgia, I mean, the past two seasons, they've been the base of the SEC East. uh, I like that little rhyme there. Um, So I think they should have beaten Alabama uh, last year, but they didn't. And I think the Bulldogs are going to have a good year, but not as good as last year. I think they're going to slip up a little bit. I really like Kirby Smart and what he's done with the program. Uh, I think he's definitely elevated it more than Mark Richt uh, did under his tenure there. But Alabama, I think they're, they're hungry this year. They've got something to prove. They were embarrassed in the national championship game. And coming back with, you can make an argument, who's the best quarterback in college football, you definitely say that it's Tua. So, you know, Alabama, I think they definitely win the SEC. But I'm going to throw out the dark horse. You already mentioned them, the LSU Tigers. Uh, you know, Coach Ed has had a stockpile of talent down in the bayou, and I think this might be the year, if he could put it all together, They might be able to take down Alabama, but from a coaching perspective, from just an every side of the game perspective, Alabama's always just been a little bit better than LSU over the past decade, and I think a little bit might be a stretch. They've been a lot better. So, you know, could an upset happen? I think it could. But those are the three teams. If I'm looking at the SEC, I don't see anybody else really making any noise, any serious noise. But, you know, maybe we see LSU be the dark horse and take out Alabama this year, but I I don't really see it.
1: Fair. We've broken down the conferences. We've given you our picks, the value on each of the picks. Wits, let's just do it real quickly before we head off the air. College football playoffs, rank one through four. Who's filling your playoff bracket? Fill it out for us. It's our preseason selections. I want your champion. I want your semifinalists. Let them rip.
0: I'm going to go with Clemson as the one seed. Alabama as the two. Oklahoma as the three, and the Michigan Wolverines as the four coming into this year's college football playoff.
1: You got Clemson versus Michigan. Who do you got?
0: I'm going to take Clemson. And then uh, I'm also going to take Alabama. And I think they go back atop the podium this year with a hard-fought championship game. I think it's going to be a close one, but I'm taking Coach Saban uh, to get back up to first place here. Can you imagine imagine them being being two and two two against against one another? another? I mean, it's definitely possible. I think it's definitely a more than likely scenario that they will face off again in the the national championship. Um, But I think they're definitely going to play each other at some point. So we'll see whether that's in the semis or the championship. It will happen, and it's going to be a great game, but I think Alabama takes it home this year. I really, I really think if that's the, if case, that's the case,
1: then they're going to have to, NCAA is going to have to forego the following season and just leave it as Clemson, Alabama for the national championship. My bracket looks pretty similar to that one. I've got Alabama at the one, Clemson at the two, Oklahoma at the three, and currently Georgia at the four. I think they're just going to be the best team that happens to lose to Alabama. So with one loss on their schedule, I think they're still going to be put in. Uh, the only team I have over that is an undefeated Oregon Ducks team. If they go undefeated, they'll take the four spot. They will lose to Alabama in the first round. But we will see Alabama versus Clemson once again. And like you said, 9-4, to four, our money's stacked on it here at the opening line. Wits and Roz have taken Alabama, the Crimson Tide, Roll Tide, to win it all. That's our college picks. Come back to us when we're on episode 70 and we're at the national championship game. Let us know how we did. Wits, any parting thoughts for the fans this week? We didn't have any guests on. We just uh, we got a whole lot of
0: wits and routes. Got a little heated. That's what we like on this show. Hey, we did get a little heated. Um, but, yeah, I would just say keep studying up on your fantasy football. Um, always want to make sure you get those last-minute injuries and depth charts that come out. Uh, but, yeah, it's going to be a fun year. Football is literally right around the corner now, so... We are gearing up for a big season here on the opening line. Uh, We're going to be coming at you with some picks as well every week. So get those pencils ready and uh, get ready to make some money.
1: Right. We are going to put some money in your pockets. We've had pretty good success. Other than me losing track of our record book, we have done pretty well on that front. So like you said, get your pencils ready. We will be giving you picks five from each the NCAA and five from the NFL each week when the seasons do start. If you have any fantasy or pick questions, always feel free to DM us on Instagram at Xander Horwitz or at Ethan Rose 4. We will be happy to help you out. We're on all streaming platforms. Be sure to check us out. This podcast is for you, the gambling fans, the entertainment fans, enthusiasts of pretty much everything. We'll be back potentially at the end of the week with a super surprise guest, as well as potentially next week at the beginning of the week so we will all see thank you guys for tuning in thank you for listening catch you next week everybody this is the opening line where we love to keep the line moving have a
0: good one everybody